Let's do this. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, whether it's Jim or on the drive. I hope that your day is going great or getting consistently better. My name is Toppies. You can find me at Toppies TV. But you are tuned into episode four of the Drop Podcast, brought to you by the good people at Awesome, a uh, tournament hosting platform and organizer that's been killing it on Sundays. If you want to check out their tournament, uh, Cameron, I, and a couple of others, actually everybody here, is in it every Sunday. So make sure you check it out. And of course, Ace Republic of Gamers for uh, setting up the computer that we're broadcasting on. So kudos to those guys. I appreciate the help. That said, let me do a quick introduction for the guests who are here today. Yes, you know me. You probably love listening to my voice or you tune in just because you have to suffer through it. But these are the guys that are here uh, or why you're probably here today. Above me is none other than Cameron Davis. He is an analyst, play-by-play caster, and interviewer uh, for Ozone, PUBG Online, and several other groups, including GamesCon most recently. Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's been a long day, but glad to be here. Excellent. I hope that uh, you can really break free during this from, from your long day during the show, much the way that your bangs are breaking free from your hat as we speak. Uh, next to him is none other than MeterBot. You can find him playing for Gorilla Core Gaming, uh, having some pretty good performances lately. We don't have a webcam for this guy, so if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, you get to see the uh, really intimidating promotional picture that he provided us. That from what I understand, he does this so that guys like A and PR are going to be scared of him when they go up against him next week. They're going to be like, this guy crosses his arms like a boss. How are you doing today, Meter? Meter? I'm doing fine. It's pretty late here in Still up for you, Toffee. So <laughs> That's true. It's like, it's what, 5 a.m. for you right now? Yeah, it's 5 a.m. So uh, after this, you'll have some some eggs and bacon maybe, and you can blame me when you no, are No, I have to dead. play PUBG because team training something. There you go. So I uh, went through no. this and play lots of PUBG. That's, this is the grind line for the pros. Uh, last but not least, across from me on the other side of the box is none other than Team Solo Mids, AIM PR. Um, AIM, how are you doing today? Your mic is muted, my friend. Okay. There it is. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Long day. Uh, it's 5 a.m. as well here, Germany. Jesus. So. Okay, so we got a lot of guys who are up really late. Uh, I, I hope you weren't up super early this morning. Uh, but if you were, then I really appreciate you being here to talk about some PUBG. Long story short, this is how the podcast works, those of you guys who are new to it. I have learned in my years of esports coverage that we esports folks are very long-winded and we talk and talk and talk and talk. For that reason, I've got a timer on the screen that keeps us at about 10 minutes max per topic. We may not use the whole thing, but it keeps us from just going on and on and on and on and on and on. You know the drill. So that's what you got there. There's no points. There's nothing else crazy that you might have seen in some of my other shows. But hey, if people want it, maybe... We'll bring that on down the line. That said, let's jump into the topics for today. It was a relatively quiet day, je- quiet week, gentlemen, uh, in the world of PUBG. We had an AMA with with Poopy. Uh, I think it was is a Poopy Queen. Didn't really mm-hmm. give us. It was interesting. Did you guys read the AMA at all? No. Yeah. I haven't. No. That's the general consensus. She's the community manager, and most of the questions that were sent to her from Reddit were com- co- like competitive esports based. Which made me laugh because like every answer was like, well, I'll talk to the team about that. So it wasn't like we got tons of reveals there other than like sort of how the community outreach has been going. And it's been going pretty well. Um, Other than that, it's just a lot of sort of getting our head around a lot of big changes that came out a couple weeks ago. One of those big changes was the Mini 14. This is Mm -hmm. a gun that came out that I don't know a player. I know a couple of like pub players who 
uh, surprise me when they say this, who don't like it. But everybody else I know loves the Mini-14, runs it not only as a sniper rifle, but also as like a short-range primary. Uh, and most of them will say this thing needs to be nerfed somehow. Uh, I'm especially interested in PR and meter your positions on this. Do you think the Mini-14 is as strong as everyone's saying it is? Yeah, it definitely is. I would not use it short range because there's like a way better like stuff you can use. Um, but yeah, on like me, like I said, like long range it shines the most. The bullet travel is way too fast. Hmm. The attachments that you can put on, it almost have no recoil. You don't need to like, you can just aim on the body for moving target. You're going to hit like you're nailing people in four shots. I think the problem about the gun is it makes other guns useless. And I don't think it should be in the game. Fair. Uh, what, what's your position on that aim? Yeah, I think it's a it's a strong gun right now, and people will keep using it if it's a strong gun. I mean, you you get to kill more people with it. It's easy to use, no recoil. Um, one way to nerf it, I would say, maybe a smaller magazine, uh, just like the SKS do, at like ten and twenty, mm-hmm. and uh, play with the recoil a little bit more and have it a little bit more random at distance. I mean, I was looking at some numbers, and, and and I think that some of this is just data mine stuff. But I was reading that it was the only gun comparable in terms of travel speed is what, like the AWM and and maybe the is it the M16 or the M24? Yeah, it's like nine fourteen yeah. meters per second or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, I think I think we actually talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. last time, did we not? Or... I think, well, we, we we postulated that it had a really fast travel speed, but we yeah. weren't necessarily it was new information. This time around, yeah, yeah, we yeah. can for sure say it's nine hundred plus. Uh, meters per second uh meter how would you nerf that gun to make it make it functional within the context of the game is it just a airdrop weapon or can we just fix it with recoil uh, i think it could be an airdrop weapon okay. for my opinion because i think it's at the moment it's like way too strong like i don't know like if you like nerf the bullets in it i don't think that would make like made a huge difference because if you have 20 bullets you're still gonna nail people from range it doesn't matter like for me, I think like it should be airdrop only, maybe. I don't see. I disagree with that. Um, I think airdrop weapons need to be more powerful. The M, the, the Mini fourteen, I do think, is really powerful and overpowered in some senses. But I don't think it's powerful enough to be warranted as an airdrop item. Um, just because you take significant risks getting items from an airdrop, and so you need to be. Um, paid back accordingly for those risks that you give and the mini 14 as powerful as it is I don't think is worth that risk true true but I mean like let's be honest I was in Pochinki what two days ago with my squad and we found six mini 14s uh, no that yeah that's that's absolutely ridiculous Um, I I think more than anything that the biggest thing that you like should that the game should immediately nerf on a hot fix should be magazine size because even though the SKS deals more damage per bullet the SKS, I believe, travels. Does it travel faster or slower? Way slower. Slower. Definitely, definitely, a lot slower. Okay, I mean, yeah, it travels slower as well. It just the only thing that the SKS has over it deals more damage with a smaller magazine and heavier bullets. There's just no reason that for 20 bullets in a single clip for a Mini 14 is ridiculous. Fair. All right. So, is anything else that you guys think, or is this just gonna? I mean, at the end of the day, if they leave this on the floor, is this always? Let's say that they add some recoil and they make it a 10-round clip without the extended mag. Is this still going to be a primary pickup for everybody who runs by it? I think, it depends on how the recoil is. Sure. I think it yeah. could be um, like an equivalent to the M16, mm. but with different attachments. Um, so you could keep it 
um, until you find an SKS uh, to put the um, like a compensator or an extended mag on the SKS so you don't keep them in your backpack so they don't take as much um, space I don't know something like that okay so you brought up the SKS that's an interesting transition of what I kind of wanted to bring up next with you guys and that is the future of 762 uh, it okay. feels in a lot of ways after the AK nerf um, and this is I know some pros still use the AK and don't mind it for spray down situations but I can I can be I can fairly certainly say that in the upper tiers of even of especially solo play uh, and squad it's not uncommon to just find AKs lying everywhere because everyone passes them by in favor of scars M16s M4s and really anything else they find um, SKSs as far as the sniper rifle world have become really kind of just laughed at because you find M14s more often than SKSs uh, yeah. what do we do to bring 7.62s back into the game because I don't know am I wrong do you guys have people who still prefer to use the 7.62s on your team or is it like me where you're just dumping the ammo because you're done with it as soon as you find the right gun um, for me I think like I mainly play AK at the moment okay. because in, if you like play like high competitive tournaments, you kind of force to loot sometimes like stuff that that don't provide you that much loot. Like in public games, I'm always like full looted. In tournament games, you don't need that much. Um, so I'm fine with the AK at the current state. I don't want to use it on long range, but it's very great for spraying down cars. It's very great on close mm -hmm. range. Um, yeah, but I mainly play like AK as my second gun, preferring over UMP or anything else. Mm -hmm. Still. So you, you don't mind using it as a spray down. A lot of people have told me that they no. don't like the additional horizontal recoil um, and the change from two tap to three from three tap to two tap. Uh, Aim, how do you feel about the change to the AK? Uh, well, I have a bad habit of not crouching before I spray, so I've never played, with, uh, <laughs> never played the AK before. It got nerfed, and I'm not playing with it now. So I do take uh, the SKS though. I like the two tap or headshot on the SKS. Makes sense. But that's about it. Okay. Cameron, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, just that, yeah, I do agree that the AK is still useful in certain situations, particularly at close quarters, um, as a secondary. As a primary, I think it's really weak, not just because of how complicated the spray is. Once once you hit medium and medium range, and especially when you hit long range, the spray is way too erratic. And you could argue that that was, that was the case previously, but now it's especially the case after the, after the, the spray nerf. Um, as intended or otherwise, I don't even know if that was intended because it sounded like with when that change happened that that wasn't even the point that it may have just been like a miscode, but it's sect in the game, so we're going to call it under for now, I suppose. Um, but definitely as a secondary. I think the other thing, though, is that I don't know about you guys, but I feel like 5.56 ammo is more plentiful. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually not, o not only is the AK less valuable as a primary, it's also easier to find good ammo for all the other ARs as your primary. In casual play you can, but in tournament, just like Meteor said, uh, you need to split uh, split the loot and um, have people in the team use weapons that are not uh, contested. So you, you, everybody has enough of something. You can't, yeah, sense. You yeah. can't play uh, with 5.56, five, not like four players don't probably won't get enough 5.56. Five, five, no, for sure. That makes sense. Okay. Like how how I like practice my AK, I like spread like I think like five million bullets against the wall in a private server, without compensator, without anything on it. And now I'm using like the AK when I shoot. I spray not like a full spray. I spray like six bullets, six bullets, six bullets because the recoil 
like it starts to get high after six bullets. So like it's really good to like burst people, you know what I mean? I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. So you sort of a CSGO yeah. tap sort of. Six, yeah, like six. like six bullets reset, reset, six bullets reset. You can do it really fast. Okay. Uh, so AK is not terrible. I, I do, <laughs> one of the thoughts that I had, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Mini 14 and it's actual like real life setting, uh, but they have, it's a really interesting gun because they have modified versions to shoot the 5.56 five, and the 7.62. And I had hoped when they were coming out with it that it was going to be something where it was at the level of an M16 when you found it initially and that you could change the clip to take 7.62 and turn it into like a sniper rifle. I thought that would be a really cool way to sort of make the gun multifunctional but not overpowered. Um, so I, I, is that something you guys would like to see in the game, a versatile ammo weapon at some point? Or do you sort of just like the way that everything f takes exactly what it needs to take? That feels like something... <sighs> See, that's going to be a very new, very unique mechanic. And I feel like while interesting and while it could open up a lot of possibilities, it also could open up a lot of abuse. Um, and so if they do bring something like that in, that just, I don't know, but I don't know. I feel, see, I feel like that's going to make the Mini 14 even more powerful if you can make it so versatile. Yeah, I think so as well. It makes it even stronger because it doesn't matter what ammunition you find. Hmm. Like just run like two Mini 14s. <laughs> Why you need other guns? Right? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Aim, what'd you say? 762 would do more damage, right? Yeah, so essentially yeah. it would be uh, equivalent to like a scar or a or a weak M16 on a 5.56 setting, and then jump up to an SKS damage level with a with the 762 modifications. Uh, I don't same recoil. No. I don't think it'll ever happen. But it was like when I saw them announce the gun, I was like, this would be super cool if they did this because uh, that's just sort of the background of the weapon. It's very it's it's versatile. I mean, that's why I make such a loud tack, right? It's just a piece of wood with all of the mechanics set into it. Um, so, okay, that's yeah. that's the Mini 14, 7.62. Um, it's good uh, to know that you guys still like to use it. one thing I want to add to the AK. Um, for whatever reason, it's impossible to spray the AK with a red dot. I don't know why. Huh. Like, the recoil is different when you play, like, red dot or holographic side. When you play holographic side, the recoil is steady. You play red dot, like, the this, this recoil is like, stupid. See, that's and you got that's and you got aim punched a lot more with red dot than holographic side. I don't know why it is in the game, but I would say holographic side is the best side in the game. See, that's the kind of gem that we need from people. That's why you tune into the show. Try it with the holographic. And and do you crouch whenever you spray down with that meter? Yeah, it depends. If I can, like most of the time, when you spray down cars, we are probably in a compound. And if you crouch, you're gonna fucking shoot the railings. So. <laughs> Fair. Oh. So, yeah. But yeah, if I can, always crouch. <laughs> So for our casual listeners, uh, something that you guys might not might have just picked up on earlier when when AIM said it, and I'll just reconfirmed it. Uh, that's something that we don't talk about a lot. I think with uh, top players know it, casual players don't necessarily. That the drop to crouch is pretty necessary to act, to make your sprays better. Um, so there's a pro tip for you. And second, go out there and try the uh, this this new red dot versus holographic thing because I've never I I, I hate the holographic, so I've never even tried it. I don't know. Have, have you guys noticed the difference, AIM or Cameron? I am not good enough to notice a difference in okay. spray patterns or like not right. or just like spray in general between different sites. Um, okay. I'm, I usually, I avoid the AK nowadays anyway. Um, but then I also usually go for more tap shots. And I prefer the two times over the hollow nice. and a hollow over the red dot. Okay. So perfect. 
So that might be why these are two guys who still support using the AK, because they're not red dot acolytes uh, like the guests were a couple weeks ago who like swore off the AK when the changes happened. So maybe there is something to that. Definitely go check it out. Um, all right, let's move on to our next topic that we've got on the list here as we're running out of time. Uh, for that one. The next one is, this is what I'm curious about. We haven't actually talked about this on the show. It is something that is huge for competitive. It's huge for casual as well. Um, and that is the circles. They are honestly the motivator for the game. It's what forces us to do what we do. Makes the RNG factor that honestly I think makes this game great happen. Uh, you can't just go to a spot and pray and know this is where the teams are going to have to come to us. It's not like CSGO where I can hold a corner and know that someone's going to be pushing into a base location. This is what makes the game so random. What is, let's start with the good, the bad, and then we'll talk about maybe the improvements. What do you guys like most? Uh, and you can give this in context of your experience with other Battle Royale games or just in your experience with PUBG, but what do you like most about the current Blue Circle system? Who, who starting? Anybody can hop in. If, if there's nothing you like, then we'll jump straight to the stuff you hate. Um, Meter, were you gonna say something? Uh, no, you can start. I'm gonna say something. Okay. Um, I do. I mean, I do like the idea of the blue basically forcing people to make decisions because, and it's obviously a mechanic necessary to make the game not last five hours. Because if the if the blue or any sort of mechanic like this on any battle royale game worked you'd have two people left on a map the same size as it was at the start and that just you know it's gonna take five hours for players to find each other um but and, and i also like the idea how it ramps up over time part of me kind of wishes that it was more a uh, harsh from the start i feel like it may be a little too lax right now um but i i, I don't, that's something that i still kind of like want to talk about with other people too um, but yeah, what you said about how it kind of forced people to make decisions, I really like that idea. So, you about the blue, are you talking about the blue specifically or, ju or just the, the overarching circle mechanic? I mean, the, the, either or. And, and I think that they can get into this. And I'm sure that like AIM's going to have an opinion about this because they go up against Method all the time who loves to just sit in the blue and work their way out and things like that. So uh, AIM and, and Meter, do you guys have, like, what do you like about the current circle setup? And then we'll talk about what you would love to see changed about it. Well, it's a necessary mechanic to bring people together. That's why there's one guy left in 45 minutes here or 35 minutes. Um, there's no good thing about it. It's just there. It forces people to do something. Um, forces decision making. Um, I do have a lot of ideas on how to improve it, though. I don't know what Meter, um, meter um, thinks about it. Uh, yeah, it's a thing like... Obviously, we need a blue in this game, otherwise, yeah, we'll be right. a survivor game. So it sounds like the general consensus is, yeah, yeah. we need it, but here's what I want to change. So let's just talk I think about it's, what I want to well, change. I think, I, I, think, I think it's actually really hard for us to kind of recognize what aspects of it that we do like because it's such a base thing. Um, we have, we, we, all three of us, and I'm, I'm all four of us, because I'm including you in this, office, I'm sure, are having all these ideas of what we think we can improve upon the mechanic, but that's not necessarily saying that, oh, we think the whole thing is is right. is shit. Um, but it's just it's just hard to kind of, I guess, recognize what about it we actually do like when there's been uh, very few changes to it from the start, um, outside of timing from like the very beginning, um, versus just like all these things that it, that it kind of messes up in a way that we don't necessarily like on the games that we do play. Uh, so let's start. Amy, you said you had a couple of things that you would love to see from the from the sort of system. Uh, what would you well, love to see changed? 
So we come from from Arma Three, where um, playing the edge is as much uh, of an option as playing the center. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, with the huge circle shrink, uh, shrinks, where it forces uh, everybody from one side or or favors someone that's close to one of the edges, um, I think it should be balanced, mm-hmm. as in not have those major shifts um, and keep. In Arma, there was a limit of um, like 25% mm. of the radius of the previous circle. So it could only move 25%. Now it can move even 50. So it cuts the center of the previous circle and it's on, on the edge of uh, the new one. Um, so that would be one. Um, we saw it at Gamescom where there's... 60 people alive in certain circles that permit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the big shrink and brings everybody in. And there's a chaos where everybody shoots. And all of a sudden, from 60 players, there's only 30 players. Right. Um, we talked about it at Gamescom and we suggested maybe adding for tournament play an intermediate circle. Um, and also, being a tournament system doesn't really have to be like the public servers and you can add a little bit more time to it and give time to teams to make better decisions or other decisions that otherwise are not permitted by let's say a minute and 25 seconds right. or a minute and 50. Was it that third so to last could, circle is ridiculously short. I think it is. So you could, you could stretch the, the time of a round mm-hmm. from 30, 35 to 45 maybe. And have teams uh, have time to to make decisions. You can take a fight early before the circle shrinks. Now we can't really take a fight so early. I've heard the consensus like we, among a lot of pro players is that a best of five to seven was sort of what they'd rather see in terms of these point accruals to the end of a you know to, to determine who the big winner is. Do you think that if the cir- last circles were slower to allow more strategic play? a best of three games would be more acceptable among the pro community? Because if you draw it out to an hour, five games becomes like a ridiculous amount of time to play. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. You can cut that to maybe three games. Okay. It's not, uh, the, that's not just a um, a time aspect though, three games. It's also the fact that it um, takes instantaneous RNG making our decisions based off of an RNG of the circle out of the, uh, not as much into the equation as it does well, here it still is a little bit of randomness on where the circle lands, but the teams get more time to decide the strategy, which means that the more strategic teams are going to be the more successful, which inherently means that you need fewer teams to smooth out the outcomes of randomness affecting it. Okay. Does that make sense? A little bit. Uh, I want to go to Meter before we get off topic too much, though. Yeah. Meter, what would you change about the circles, or what do you want um, to see? I think the mid game is way too slow in this game at the moment. Like, I don't know what to do about it. To be fair, hmm. it's like hard to like do something about it. I'm fine with the mid game, but the thing is, what I want to see from the circle is it should not be possible to get like a top five rating to sitting in one house in like let's say North Georgia and like heal against it because I think that's not like how the game should be played. I mean, it's an abuse of the game, abuse of the blue circle. I I don't know. I would fix it like players getting stacks and then like on 100 stacks you can't outfill it anymore. And that would be allow other teams as well lifted. If you don't take blue, even the last circle should 
should be like okay for you to fight him because you don't have stacks. But if you have the 100 stacks, you should maybe like run out. That's maybe my opinion on that. Um, what I want to see is like that the blue circle should be a little bit. If you play on like not very low details, the the blue thingy is like really electricity wise, and you can't really see players in it, and it kind of forced me to play like very low settings. I don't like that. So you're you would say almost we could do something like add like an irradiation meter, where like the longer mm -hmm. that you're in it, the worse it gets, and maybe if you spend some time out, it falls off a little bit or something like that. That's interesting. Now no, it should never like fall off. Okay. If you have hundred sticks, you can't like out heal it anymore. Fair. But if you have zero sticks and it's the last three circles, you know you should be able to take a fight in the blue even if sense. you want to. If you don't have sticks, if you like provide your team not getting like in a good position before. So you're able to fight, but if it gets to like 100, you should not be out heal anymore. That makes sense. That's what can prevent all this like outside zone campers and stuff. A lot of like new tournaments don't know the rules and they see like people like sitting in the blue and getting top five spots. And let's be honest, in three games, if you secure a top three or top five finish in every game, you're probably going to win the tournament. Now, what do you guys think about the first circle? Could we add 30 seconds to the first circle and say remove the third circle? And sort of expe expe expedite the mid game, but allow time for looting in the first circle, or is the first circle long enough as it is? I think this first circle is too long. Mm, interesting. Mm, um, I don't think the circle is too long because if you land, like, let's say, on the left side of the map and the circle is right side, you don't have a car. If the circle moving too fast, okay. you have no loot and running through the whole map. That's fair. No, that's true. That's uh, not something that I've actually fully thought. I just, because I'm not a pro player at all, this is not a surprise um, to anyone here. I'm mostly just an observer and a spectator. Um, and so it's, it's just an idea that I've had to maybe kind of speed up some of the early action. Um, but well, that's a good point. I actually never thought I mean, about that. How like the, when the circle swings so far away from you, then it actually does screw you up. So yeah, maybe not. And like the, at the current state, these circles where they are at the moment, the force car play. If you watch like pro play, yeah. there's cars all around the place. Like you're not able to run in these games. It's not possible. Not in the way That's it true. is right now. Um, do you? I it's interesting because like I, I watch a lot and I covered a couple of games this week and sort of specifically watch different team styles. And, and Method is a team that likes to run, for instance. But they definitely, if the circle's bad, they find themselves in a really tough situation in the game because like, of that strategy. The question is, is and when I watch these games, and you guys can tell me if you feel this way as the players. It feels like you land, you maybe take an early fight if you have to, uh, but when that happens, it really kind of messes with your early game loot. So there's this frantic looting phase, and then everyone has to make a small adjustment to get into the second circle, where you sort of do a backup looting phase, and then everyone hides out for the next two circles and tries to avoid conflicts until we're sort of at a point where I can start taking fights that are advantageous to me. And then it gets a little bit more exciting. But those middle two circles seem very... Um, like, you're just sort of biding your time, hoping somebody else gets picked off driving across the map. Because um, it's not it's not uncommon, right? If you guys are in a house and you hear a car going by, the entire team immediately runs out of the house and opens fire on the car. Like, it's not like you expect them to stop and fight you in pro play. Uh, do you think those middle circles need to just disappear, or is there a way to fix that at all? That's a very hard question. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I was thinking about, like, a lot about mid-circles. It's so hard to, like, do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you uh, um yeah go ahead i would say the reason why cars are so viable right now is just because while you're on foot you're extremely vulnerable uh different it's different than arma 3 where you could the bullet tra travel time was a little bit bigger and there was a lot of concealment so you could dodge 
bullets and you could get away with uh, moving on the map. But here, once you're away from your house, away from your tree, and the way firefights and, and vision works in this engine, when they see you, it's too late. They can land a lot of shots accurate on you. And so let me yeah. ask. Let me ask you this: uh, Liquid was on here last week, or, or I think it was last week, and uh, commented that the current meta, pro meta, is get cars because you're going to need them in the last circle for cover. Is that something that you guys like, or is that something that you would like to see fixed somehow? So you don't have to sort of create car forts in order to win the uh. game. There's some areas around the map where you like have to do it because there's literally no cover in the map. Like what what you what you're supposed to do. Like right. I don't exactly. Know. Okay. So exactly. Like I said, there's no the, the map doesn't give you options but to move your cover with you. So bring bring the cars with you. Okay. So you can use them. I don't. I don't know if that's a if that's a downside if that's like a fault of the map itself or just the fact that cars are really really good at cover. Um, no, the map and the engine, I would yeah. say. I mean, you go to Gatka Fields, like, what are you gonna do? There's, you got a you got a bush and and you hope you hope you hope a car, and otherwise you're just you're dead in the water. Okay, yeah, yeah, no fields fields, you're right. Fields like you're kind of screwed and everything. But I feel like in 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 circle final circles that land on more hills areas or rocks area like I'm talking south uh, this is an ex exaggerated example but south of ruins or even the places around um, lumber or just other just hilly areas where there's rocks and trees that a good team a good tactical team who also knows the map is able to use the terrain to their advantage for cover you don't have time mm -hmm. exactly and so I think that that fit, that fits into meters argument about maybe we can expand the sort of last circles a little bit make them slower give more time to sort of take strategic points because right now um, if you watch some teams, their strategy is the second the circle is established, race as fast as you can to the one strategic hold point in the circle yep. and sit there and hope that you can fight off anybody else who tries to take it. Uh, and that, that does become difficult. Or you do what TSM would do in that situation, which is bring a bunch of cars in with you, set up a fort across from the strategic position, and try to win them in a shootout. Uh, so it's, it is a tough situation. Now, that is something I kind of wanted to ask you guys about since we, you got there already on your own, and that is vehicles. Uh, in this game, we know that they're insanely powerful. Do you think the balance of cars is good enough in the context of like the cars that are spawning? Do you think that there should be more lemon spawns? And when I say lemons, I'm like the three-seater bike, you know, cars that get you where you need to go but aren't optimal in terms of the fight. Um, do you think that those should be taken out of the game completely? Like, because we're looking at a new map, and I know Blue Hole is talking about okay, what vehicles are we putting on the maps? How are we going to balance this thing? Uh, do you think that those lemons should exist in upcoming maps, or like, or or you like or you do like it the way it is? Element. The problem about at the moment at the current car situation is exactly in pro play the server can't handle all the cars. Mm. It's so frustrating. You have like let's say like twenty FPS. You're not able to shoot if everyone starts moving. This is like I don't know. But I'd, as a, more cars would even make it worse. But I think like maybe like. I don't know. It's like really hard to say. I just don't like the fact that the server can't handle the cars in pro play, and it's really frustrating to play sometimes. Yeah, you can't. Not possible. Yeah, that's that's. I feel like talking about vehicles is going to be uh, talking about and even giving ideas for balancing vehicles is going to be a tricky subject until you get vehicles optimized until you get the servers optimized so that you don't drop to 10 FPS when there's more than six cars on your or more than like two cars on your screen. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, 
And do you have a, I mean, if you guys see a three-seater bike, what's your what's your response to that? Is that something where it's just a keep on running and get something else? Or is it worth the, the, the danger of driving something ridiculous like that? I think it, it's viable for early play uh, where you need to go, if you want to go to a fur, uh, further out uh, town or place to loot, um, it gets you there quickly. Um, you also can have the option to find more vehicles faster on the on the road um, with the three-seater bike. Um, so yeah, I guess they're they're useful early, but late they're not as useful because they don't provide the cover that you need. So lemons aren't a bad thing. They're just they they actually have a they have their place in the game. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Uh, like the thing, what I think about like the. So you see the bike, I think it's very useful, especially when you're like a team that's probably like the best setup for my team is two USDs, one two-man bike, one three-man bike. Because you can't shoot out the, the tires of the three-man bike, it still can provide three players to a place really quickly. So it's very useful. I don't know, I like it. And we always use it, even in the late game. Because like, let's say like you have two US, your fucking tires are broken and everyone is shooting tires in pro play. So you still have the three-man bike and it's better than like, two players on a two-man bike, you can just track drive three and one on a one-man bike and scout or whatever. So I like the three-man bike in almost every situation. It's kind of tricky to drive, but you get used to it. If you know the terrain of the map, um, you need to just drive like where you can drive, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I actually enjoy driving the three-seater. You, you need to know when to slow down and when yeah. to... Exactly. Yeah. But that's not hard. I actually really enjoy driving the three-seater. It adds an extra element of... Uh, of of challenge to my play. You know, I like. I think I like. Go ahead. Sorry, you say yours, and I'll tell you that. I think the meta play was, will shift from vehicles to less vehicles and the other way around, just because people will get shut out of uh, vehicles or their vehicles uh, will be shut out by players in bad positions, knowing that if they leave those vehicles uh, with their tires on, uh, they'll have a harder time later in the round. So that's true. It will shift probably um, more people in in vehicles and then less people in vehicles on the map. And it seems like if, if if they start to toy with with circle speeds and stuff, that is definitely a shift that it'll make. Um, I was gonna say I like meter because meter's like the antithesis on me here. I say I hate the AK. He's like, nah, man, I love the AK. I'm like, man, I hate three person bikes. He's like, no, three person bikes are the best late game vehicle. So we're gonna keep that going. And, uh, it's I'll, not the best late game vehicle, but it's you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Never said it's the best vehicle. Uh, best vehicle late game is the US because of cover. Okay, you're a good bait. You're a good bait, and, and <laughs> people miss shots on you if you have a, a bite. Right, and you got you, you, got, you got your cover man behind you. Uh, what about the hard spots? Remember the old days, and we knew that there would be cars in certain spots. Uh, do you guys think that that should come back, or do you like the disappearance of hard spots? I think it's uh, the random factor that you'll always be exposed to in in PUBG. Mm -hmm. I think it's fine that uh, they're not there always. Peter? It's a risk that you have to take every time. Yeah, the thing about like when there was hard spawns, you literally see like four people going for like one hard spawn, like four teams, yeah. and then like one team get in the car, maybe one dies because <laughs> you get punched out on the way or something. It was fun, but I don't think it should be in the game. But even if you watch like now. There are like kind of hard spawns on the map, like there are spawns on the map and every pro player know where the spawns are. So it's literally the same thing. People going the same way for the same car. 
Like, it doesn't really make any difference for me, but I don't like the hot spawns at all. That's true. And it does feel like there are certain roads that have higher probabilities of spawns and all that that really it doesn't bring it. it doesn't bring eight or ten people yeah. right. in the same spot, and there's that brawl. Right. You don't have to actually dedicate jumpers from your team to picking up the vehicle. Uh, okay. Do you guys have any other thoughts on vehicles in general before we move on to our last topic for the night? What are you guys' thoughts on the VW? Oh, that sounds fun. I can't wait to camp in it. So so bigger, I know. bigger vehicle, a uh, better cover. Better cover. <laughs> Big windows. Yeah, I think be it's gonna be slow. The meter will be four of them, and then you I make it like a board. Yeah, I think it's gonna be slow though. So yeah. if you take it, uh, you might not make it to your destination with it. I think that's something I'd like to see in vehicles: is a bigger deviation of speed versus tankiness versus window size versus loudness. Um, like it would be fun to have kind of a slower car that makes almost no noise, or you know. Uh, the VW is interesting to me because the Vatican has massive windows. So, like, if they put giant windows in this VW van and it makes it so it's taller for cover but easier to shoot through, that's the kind of exchange that, I, that I'd love to see. Because I feel like right now, Jeeps are cool. Uh, Dacias are good. But, like, they, they, they seem very similar to me in a lot of ways. No, Dacia Tilbury. Go uphill with a Dacia. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that? that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Like it's the same as the stream and back. Like you have to know where you drive with the Dacia. But the yeah. thing is, I think maybe the new car could be like really cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It sounds like they're doing a bunch of new cars for the like cars relevant relative to the map. So that sounds yeah. pretty neat. And, and I that... think like the first thing in the game is the buggy. Yeah. And in first person, the buggy is so loud that I can't hear my, my teammates in voice. I don't know what that is. Like it's so fucking loud when you it's sit loud. in. It's loud. It's loud. It's loud. But then. it should not be that loud. I think you should have like. Maybe like sound options where you can put down the volume because I can't hear anything when I'm driving this. I need to like mute my game to understand my teammates where we are going. And that's something that I think Andrew said in his uh, AMA that they're working on downing those the, some of the driving sounds, the plane sounds, the airdrop sounds, the things that make you control M while you're driving. Because I think know. that the plane, the plane is really like let's say like well, it's cars, but I think plane is the same thing. Every time I push something, I feel like a plate is going right over my place. So I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's so funny because you can't hear anything and you can use that to your advantage. I think that is fine. Well, it's all, it, it kills me when I do uh, when I do observing. I don't know if you've met on this camera. And it's like you go to a fly camera so you can look down on a fight and then an airdrop plane comes over right next to your camera. And it's like just destroys everybody's ears who are watching. It's just insanely frustrating and you feel really bad. <laughs> I, haven't, I, I haven't had that happen to me. <laughs> use, but, use more, use more fly cam. <laughs> It could, it could be something that, oh, by the way, uh, nice uh, spectating uh, oh. abilities. I really enjoy it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you, you could have an option maybe only for the spectator not to hear it or yeah. to be able to lower the volume uh, with a hotkey or something. Just go 50% volume on environmental stuff. Yeah. I, th I think we'll get there. That sounds like it's something that they're working on, but they're going, well, we need to work on optimization and desync and all these other things more aggressively than sound because that's not breaking the game all right last topic i want to get to is uh, in a little we don't have tons of time left but i want to talk about it and this is the tournament talk um this is an interesting thing for me because this is a burgeoning market uh you know i i used to work a lot more in the dota c and i know cameron you spent a lot of time in csgo um so we had the pleasure of doing a lot of doing some casting and some some personality work in established scenes that had sort of go-to tournaments and the Wild West had died off. 
We're not in that right now. This is the wild west of PUBG. You apply for a partnership, you get it from Bluehole, you can do tournaments. There's no rule on if you do it one day a week, six days a week, or 30 days a month. You as pro players are trying to get into these as many as you can, I'm assuming. Let me ask you this. How many is too many tournaments? Do you already feel like there's just too many options out there? Do you want to see more? Do you guys feel like your schedule is just jam-packed? Um, is it becoming stressful or is it still this is exactly what I want? Um, I don't know. For okay. my team, we are like all full-time. I can play tournaments seven days a week. I don't care. Okay. Um, the thing is, you have to like choose what tournaments are worth playing. Right. Because I consider my team a pretty high-tier team and I would not play a tournament with tier two teams because why should I do that? I mean, if it's for a qualification or like money or whatever, I'm going to do that. But at the moment, we just choose like the tournaments we like want to get in. Because there's so many out there. Okay, and I'll go back to that in a second. Uh, Aim, do you guys feel like there's too many, or do you guys feel like it's a good amount of tournaments going on right now? I think um, it's a good amount. Screaming, it's kind of difficult, just mm -hmm. because it involves uh, at least 20 teams in, in squads. Um, it's even more difficult as a solo player to, to get a good... A good amount of players in the same server with you. Um, mm -hmm. What I experienced at Gamescom, I never experienced in any of the ladder play uh, since PUBG started. So people are skilled and to some extent predictable. You know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a nice feeling. Um, so yeah, that's that's the thing. I I, I think the communities and Awesome and everybody else that's organizing uh, tournaments daily, I think it's fine for for the teams just because it brings them together and there's some part of a schedule. Um, people get training. It's there the the prize prizes are not that big, but we're using them as as bragging points and, and training. And obviously if there's a bigger one organized by ESL, right. like Gamescom, and then so everybody's gonna attend, everybody's gonna have the practice and training. And so you both brought this up. ESL, that's a gimme, right? If there's a Gamescom or some sort of LAN event where you, know, you get to go to a big show with all the big names, we're gonna go. Now the question is, when we talk about you guys say you use these tournaments for training, you're deciding who to play in, there's a lot of teams that are, a lot of tournaments trying to get the premier teams to sign on. What do, you, what do you guys look for when you pick your tournament? Are you looking at prizes? Are you looking at competition? Are you looking at format? Sort of what drives you to choose to play with the tournaments you choose to play with? I think the first one is uh, the competition. Okay. It's the teams that are attending. And second one might be format. We prefer first person, right. so we, we will prioritize that. Um, and I don't think prize pool is, is there other than like a right. well, event yeah. or yeah. Prize pool is non-existent. Not yet. <laughs> I don't think they're allowed. I don't think they're yeah. allowed. Yeah, think, not yet. Uh, That's why. Yeah. So non-existent prize pools. Um, now, we, I, I do want to, before I go to Meter and ask him the same question, I want to ask you this, Ian, because there was a rumor going around uh, not this week, the week before. You played awesome third-person perspective, and people were saying that TSM has played a total of six games in third-person since first-person came out into beta. Is that true, or do you guys train in both? Um, we enjoy playing first-person. Okay. 
anything. <laughs> Fair. Uh, do, do, do you do you bite the bullet and say, God, today and tonight we have to train in third, or it's just sort of a, we'll do it when we it's have something, to. It's something. It's it's something that we're trying to get. Try, uh, we're accepting it as mm. at some point in time we might need it. So we will probably play a little bit more. Um, Ozum has a third person uh, week now, so we're probably gonna play it a little bit more. Um, but we're not going to play it exclusively. We're not going to play right. third person exclusively. I don't think so. Maybe we'll play it a little bit more towards the end of the week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Meter, uh, back to you guys. What do you look for when you talk about what tournaments you decide to play in? The first thing is competition. Um, I mean, we have two two days of streams every week. Um, they're well organized. Um, I think they're like they only invite like specific good teams. Um, we had a lot of fun playing it. It's a lot to learn here. I like, but most of the time, we are, because there are non-cash prizes at the moment and like not much to win. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, we are using tournaments as well as kind of like practice or scrim okay. to prepare us for like bigger tournaments and or later tournaments. Um, yeah. Then second, I watched on the format. I was a player that never thought first person is going to be with me. I hate it. I couldn't think about it. Now I play first person and I have to say, I'm not going to play third person again Fair. in this game. All right. This game. It's absolutely fantastic in first person. I was like the biggest say I will never play first person. But it's fantastic for me. Fantastic for my team. But we are really good in third person as well. We still train both. We focus on first person at the moment because there's more stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. But we are really good in third person as well. If you can see the latest awesome result where we played third person. Absolutely. No, and Cammy, Cameron can, can vouch for this. I was a hard third person acolyte for a long time. Um, and I've, I've come around to squads in first person. I still think duo third person has a lot of potential down the line but that's just my personal position on duos um that said let me ask you guys this and this is just so you guys might have a little better i don't know what your contracts look like or your team designs or whatever um PUBG seems like a game that requires a lot of teams to fill a server more than you would traditionally say like csgo could probably survive with eight to twelve pro teams that pay full-time salaries at a good level or a living wage maybe a little bit more but that's all they need to fill a tournament you know you could get by with that PUBG, we're going to have to have 25 to 20, 22 to 25 consistent pro teams that are paying a wage. How long do you think our current model is sustainable before we have to start seeing prize pools? I mean, can we go on for another six months with no prize pools whatsoever and continue to sort of get these high level of play? Or are we going to start to see that drop off if, say, Fortnite starts adding prize pools? I don't think you can put them. I don't think you can put them together. Hmm. Fortnite and, and PUBG. I don't think it's a competitor. I don't think PUBG has a competitor right now. <laughs> That's good. Um, Do you think that if we don't move to prize pools in the nearest future, we'll start to see a drop-off on level of competition, or do you think that it will maintain itself? I think people will look uh, into competing, but at the same time, I think that the, the game needs balancing so that the mm. viewers enjoy watching it as well um i think the viewers viewer count will will be um the reason why they will for for why for why they will keep doing tournaments mm. the viewers will bring in, in the money for, through advertising and other stuff like that prize pool prize pools didn't invent competitive gaming competitive players yeah, invented yeah, yeah. competitive gearing Exactly. People will compete, That's true. but the money will come 
probably not from PUBG, but from yeah. advertising. And, and Just to, like Counter-Strike model. And to a large extent, in, in a lot of ways, I respect uh, a PUBG for not allowing prize pools right out of the gate. Because, let's be honest, with 12 million copies sold and this many peak players, I'm sure there's a ton of sponsors who would potentially be interested in getting in early on these tournaments, providing small prize pools of some sort to sort of jump off and say, hey, we were the first ones to do this. Um, and they've sort of said, no, we want to make sure the quality and the experience is right and we know the balance is there before this becomes overly monetized. Uh, the question is just, you know, how long do we make those people wait, I guess. Uh, Meter, do you feel any pressure to start looking for prize pools or is it just like you love the way it is right now? No, at the moment I'm good to backed up by my organization, okay. so I don't really care press pools. Um, and I think it's good what they are doing. Like at the current state of the game, it's maybe not too bad that they don't have like big mm -hmm. press pools in because if someone driving like a bike, you get dismounted mid and die in like a hundred k yeah. tournament. It should not That's be true. like. I would be very sad if that happened to me, and because I have no control about it. That's a good point. If I think it's fine how it is. But I don't think they should wait too long, but they should like take their time and fix stuff. Like there's no hurry here. We have a lot of players here. We have a lot of like players to watch. That's and true. I still think like a lot of like uh, if I watch like PUBG online streams or whatever, like their streams are fucking growing because people are getting like more interested in pro players as well. Yeah. It is. You've seen the pro players sort of overtake the streamers in a lot of senses. Uh, on, on Twitch right now. And I do want to say, for those who are listening, I talk about prize pool, but I want you to know that I'm not a huge prize pool acolyte. I grew up, uh, I'm probably the oldest person in the room. I grew up in the days when uh, we would drive to you know colleges nearby and play GoldenEye for a six pack of beer. And that was my esports that I grew up with. So uh, this new esports world has been crazy and interesting to me, but I do love just that good old fashioned play because I want to brag about where I am on the leaderboards or how I did in a tournament, and uh, that feels pretty cool. So I've also want to say, and this is for the organizations that might be watching, I do want to give kind of a shout out to them because there's been a lot of organizations jumping in and sort of supporting teams, and, and I don't know how the contracts look or if they've been amazing or not amazing or whatever, but it's really cool to see them willing to do that without tons of potential return right now, right? Like there's not prize pools to help pay them off. There's not, they can't sell tons of advertising. Um, so this is something that I think it's really cool that these organizations are jumping on the boat and investing early. Uh, so kudos to them, a little bit of a side piece right there. Do you guys have any last thoughts on tournaments uh, in, in terms of like the future of tournaments before we move on to our lightning round and call it a night? Um, okay. I'm still struggling trying to figure out the best way to do a single weekend tournament as well as the best way to keep bottom tier but like the, the team the teams at the bottom of a current ladder invested in the later stages of even a full lengthy season like awesome and PUBG online have um it's something that i kind of think about almost on like a bi-weekly basis that i try and nail down any sort of idea that I can have but honestly I think that's the biggest struggle is unless you want to have a single first place finish decide everything like unless you want to have point the points be super stacked high stacked then you you need to find some the biggest struggle on having a single weekend tournament that you see in Dota or CS as well as the end stages of a, of a league is there's some there's got to be something to keep the players who are obviously not going to win invested 
Interesting. Well, I think that for me, and, and I'll leave with this thought, is, is I've had a chance to watch a lot of different tournaments and a lot of different formats. It seems like what we're going to start to see is the long-term leagues are about brand recognition and performance and improvement and getting yourself invited to the weekend tournaments, like a Gamescom. And then yeah. what you're going to see at a Gamescom is you're going to see a best of seven, a best of nine series. Everyone plays. The top 24 teams in the world are invited. The top you know, six positions pay or something like that. And that's just it. You, pay in, you play in the tournament so that people recognize that you're good and you get invited to the big show. And that's just sort of how I think a lot of those Swiss-designed uh, brackets like Osmond's using and stuff might actually work out because you can work your way up through kills. You can work your way up through placement. Um, you can grind your way into the top. Uh, over a longer period of time and hopefully get the invite because that's what it comes down to right gamescon happened once it had a good payout you wanted to be in the top 24 teams on the globe or the best players when that happened because you want to make sure you have your chance to win when it comes up i i hope that it's bigger than this but i feel like PUBG is going to be a four to six major tournaments a year type of game and you want to make sure that you're winning the little ones so that you can be there for the big money when the majors come around. Uh, and that seems like a kind of the best structure at the moment. I yeah, yeah. I'm, I come from Counter-Strike, and so when you say four to six a year, I'm like... Uh, <laughs> right? No, and that's it. Because like right now, Dota's got, uh, what is it, four four majors, one international, six minors. So, you know, I, I hope... You know, how, 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 how our two games define major, minor, et cetera, right. are different. I'll give you that. But still, just saying four to six major capital mm -hmm. M. I'm just like, we're, we're in Counter-Strike, we only get two a year. Gotcha. I, I mean, just large... And when I say major... Let me just say this. When I say major tournament, I mean large prize yeah. pool. So that's all we have to talk yeah. about there. Okay, lightning round. And this is what I'm curious. I don't even know if you guys play solo. I assume that you occasionally do because everyone else logs off and you want to have a drink or just kill some time or maybe you want to, you know, go to another server where you're not ranked at all and just pwn some noobs. When you play solo, where is your favorite place to solo drop? That's what I want to know. Cam Quarry. Quarry? Really? So strange. Milta Power. Milta My man! Oh, I love <laughs> it! Yes! I feel like they buffed Milta Power. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. It's the best building in the game. Oh, so good. You can control it. There's the best, two ways the best loot. Yeah. The best loot. Higher, highest tier loot. You can leave there. with. Uh, and if you get a lucky circle, you win the game automatically. <laughs> oh, not really. Well, I don't know. I mean, uphill push. You need to shoot some people for that. Well, yeah, well, that's fair. But, you know, it's like the, the logging camp is a really great fight spot if you have to move up the hill. Anyway, I love Milta. Uh, Meter, what do you love? Uh, I use solos like for poor like aim practice or like warm up. Um, most of the time I drop soft shot. Okay, so you like yeah. it? Some like it hot. I get that. All right, so meter. Likes I, I I I I'm gonna second that. That's I I like um Quarry and South George. I don't know why you like Quarry. He made me drop Quarry it's... last week. It was so boring. <laughs> I would never drop it, Quarry. It's so it's confusing to lose. It's so tedious. <laughs> Up and down, and half the walls you can walk up, half the walls you can't. Actually, it, it doesn't make it's sense. so it's so interesting and unique, and it's it's just I don't know. Straightforward things kind of bore me because I get bored looting if it's just like the same houses over and over. I don't want to have and, to search it, every log for a piece of gear, and half the time it's just a pair of pants. But you do like you. Me. You do you, Cameron. <laughs> all right, guys, that's all the time that I have for the show today. Uh, we'll do a sign off here in a second. I want to thank everybody who tuned in. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast or YouTube or anywhere else, we appreciate it. Uh, please review the podcast, throw us a follow, get involved. We're growing the show. Um, this is all community driven. So if you guys liked it, let us know. 
That said, guys, I want to give you a chance to uh, thank anybody you want, call out anybody you want, say anything you want, plug anything you want. Uh, so just take a minute here, and it's the floor is yours. Cameron, you start us off. Uh, I guess thanks to everyone watching, um, and not just this podcast, but also everyone who watches the shows that I do. Um, I'm really enjoying the work that I do with Battlegrounds right now, and I hope it just gets more. So I guess thank you to all the organizations that I work with, PUBG Online, Awesome. Um, are the two major ones that I work with right right now. Um, so definitely check those guys out. They put on they both of them put on some really good tournaments, um, especially and yeah. All right, meter. What do you got? I want Saint Bonasation like to like making this as my job at the moment. Um, yeah, I want to thanks for this uh, awesome show here, Trophy. Pretty fun to be here <laughs> and. I want to say sorry to Cameron because I owe him an interview. <laughs> we're, both we're, we're both busy, man. It's okay. We, uh, we'll drag you back in once you get a camera, too, so we can all see your your uh, your beautiful mug instead of the intimidating uh, arm yes. cross that is meter. But, uh, I'm fine. There's no camera. It's five in the morning. I drink like 10 cups of coffee, so don't worry. Nice. And uh, finally, Aim, do you have any shout-outs or shutdowns you want to throw out there? Um, thank you for the invite. No problem. Um, I've watched your uh, podcast from like long time ago. Oh, thanks. Um, Dota 2 related podcasts. Um, thank you. Thanks for everybody watching, I guess. And uh, the invite, uh, the other invitees, invitees, I don't know how to say it in English. Uh, TSM and our sponsors. And, yeah. Everybody that uh, makes, uh, makes us, uh, um, pays. I guess the yeah. sponsors Logitech, HTC, HTC Cyberpower. There you go. It, it started to be really moving. It was like, I want to thank everybody who, you know what, pays me. Thank you. Fuck it. <laughs> I loved yeah. it. I love it. Uh, speaking Thanks, of pays. Mom. Everybody <laughs> that makes this possible. Yeah. Speaking of that, if you guys like the show and you want to help keep the show going, I do this as a community thing, but it is a labor of love, and I've got two kids who need diapers and crap like that, and sometimes, uh, you know, we got to pay for the show. So if you want to help out, you can go to patreon.com slash toffees. It's a very easy address, and you can choose to hook, hook me up. You can donate on a monthly basis. We have bumper stickers, mugs, t-shirts, all the other stuff that makes you look like the coolest person in your school or your gym if you've got it. Uh, that said, you can also just go ahead and donate the old-fashioned way, throw bits, subscribe, blah, 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 plug, plug, plug. I've got to try to monetize so that we can keep the show going. That's just the moral of the story here. Uh, so if you guys like the show, help us keep it alive. But most importantly, just keep downloading and just keep watching. We appreciate you being here. It means the world to us. Uh, thanks to Asus Public Gamers for the gear that I'm broadcasting on right now. Thank you to Awesome for putting uh, all the overlays together and creating a pretty great tournament to sort of introduce me to the world of PUBG. If you guys are interested, Awesome is broadcasting every Sunday with the Premier League. You can see these guys playing there. I think uh, TSM is moving up to the first server this week. So uh, it'll be G Meter and TSM will be looking at each other across the map. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, a big shout out to EasyCo Mac for the logos and Ether for the overlays. And uh, also, good news, Cameron. I'll be, I think I'm joining you guys on Tuesday for the Euro coverage on PUBG Online soon. Uh, tomorrow Wednesday. next week. So well, I'll be on Tuesdays. So you're, I mean, you're scheduled tomorrow, are you? No, not? they moved me off of it because I have kids and I did not know what? I was scheduled. I didn't know I was scheduled. You're, it was a surprise. I mean, it still says you on the schedule here, but that's okay. Well, they're going to, well, you know, call me if nobody shows up. Uh, that said, though, <laughs> next week I'll be on Tuesday for sure to do some PUBG stuff. 
uh, with them and of course awesome on Sunday love doing this honestly this has been a blast and I've heard rumors that a second ob slot is coming and uh, when that gets here boys prepare because the casting is gonna be bananas all right have, guys thanks for hanging out have a wonderful evening from all of us here play more PUBG and as always toffees out yo thanks man that was fun all right have a good night guys thanks